evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion with live stream. Episode number 239 here, the 30th of November, 2019. Put away your turkey leftovers, my friends. Throw that stuff in the microwave and get ready to have your brains fried with your favorite people of all time. Alex Garthon Marsh and Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. Favorite people of all time. That's not hyperbole. That's true. That, that is true. Truth. <laughs> well, Hawkins says, the Nobel oh. Prize is worth $1.16 million in U.S. There dollars. There you go. That's, that's nice. I, I should get one of those. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to earn the Nobel Peace Prize for... I should work, I should actually win the Nobel Peace Prize. I should That should for be what? mine. I have started no major wars. Sean Murphy and Sean Murphy. <laughs> Music by Sean Murphy. Covered by Sean Murphy. <laughs> And Max Liao, who Based is, on an idea who is a suited in for Sean Murphy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've started no major wars. That's true. I also, uh, let's see, what else What else did I do? Hmm. I've done many important things. Sure. And... Hmm. Trying to think of what else I've done that's very important. Yeah, well, it's, it's more than Al Gore did. You're fine. That is true. That is very true. Okay. So, how are you doing today, Mr. Grissomer? I'm doing all right. Like I told you earlier, today is my wife's birthday. She is uh, 20 of age. She's, She's of, age. of age. Well, it's good to be what? of age. What? You're of age, right? It sounds like she does not like the term of age. As a... I'm not an expert on these things. Well, I don't think she also wants me saying her true age. That's probably very true. I can't imagine why. Watch no, live. Watch see the dog is murdered. murdered. <laughs> she, she won't murder me because she won't get the insurance. You yeah, can't do that on camera. Yeah, there's proof right here. So she's not going to do that. She'll punch me, though. Immediately after the live stream, he was found unconscious, not murdered. Not murdered. Nope. <laughs> there was a sign in his own handwriting. I was not murdered. <laughs> Written in his own blood. <laughs> Doug says we like him. Doug's wife will say it was an accident. Oh, my God. Awful people. God. You're supposed to be my friend. One of you should avenge me. Well, yeah. We'll avenge you, of course. Unless we're paid off. Oh! Baldahar, 20 more. Thank you. Wow, Baldahar's amazing. Yeah. That's right. Baldahar knows where it's at. Thank you, Baldahar. We appreciate it. Have you did anything well, exciting this Thanksgiving, Mr. Heathen Dog? Oh, let's see. Um, I just went to families and ate and uh, saw some family from out of town that I, I don't get to see too much. That was nice. Uh, I have twin cousins, twin girls. They're uh, what? 23, 24? 25, 26? Yeah. Okay, around there. 25 or 26. And whenever I see them, I always flash back just for an instant. Uh, a Thanksgiving. I think they were four years old. And uh, they had they had their little knife, knife and fork. It was plastic. You know, the little plastic four-year-old silver. Uh -huh. And they were banging on the table going, meat. Meat, meat, meat <laughs> together. 
<laughs> twin girls That's nice. screaming screaming for, for meat. meat. It wasn't a horror show at all. No, it was fine. <laughs> Valdahar says he wants more Tom King. Well, you're not getting it. You're not getting it here, buddy. You are getting something else, some though, bricks. which is just as annoying to me. So you're getting that. You're welcome, Valdahar, just for you. All right. Well, speaking of what we're getting, let me tell this you what I'm day, getting. This whole day, this whole podcast is meant to annoy me, isn't it? This is it. This is my personal <laughs> hell today. <laughs> First, I find out Al Gore won a Nobel Peace Prize like two seconds before we start. Do we have time to process <laughs> that? I know that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ah, then Show I got... the people what we're, what we're working with. Come on. Show what you're working with. That's right. All right. Today's segment, we have Heath, I see the Dog RPG Fundamentals Dungeon Crawl Classics Introduction. In Garth this Don... one... I'm sorry. Uh, oh, the, this one was a... Uh... A suggestion by Max Liao. He's like, hey, you know, if you don't know what you're going to do, go ahead and do this one. Then I'm going to get it. And I said, this book is over 500 pages. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> do this one. Dick. Okay, fine. <laughs> this review is on pages 1 through 37. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ravenslayer, thank you. Uh, thank um, you, Ravenslayer. Uh, on Garthas Comic Book, we'll Shazam number 8, Avengers number 27, Action Comics number 1017. And the RNG, we're tied with the effervescent entropy of existence. So look forward to that. Yeah, okay. I can't wait to know what that means. <laughs> You're the one who told me to type that. Oh, sure, I did. Those are totally your heathen brain, dog words. Your brain's suffering entropy. <laughs> well, I was going to write brain droppings, but I can't. Oh, yeah, brain droppings. You can do that. You can do that. No, it's the That's name fine. of a George Carlin book. Oh, then you can't do that. Yeah, see. That's sad. Here, I thought you were done with the Avengers. Oh, so did I. <laughs> so did I. RG, you can play aches and pains of getting old. I don't have any of those. I'm awesome. I'm gassy, though. We could talk about that. That's something they don't tell you about getting old. All right, so more getting old. Max Leal. <laughs> oh, Speaking of old. getting old. <laughs> the, uh... Right now on YouTube, is Endless Legend, Necrophage. That's pretty neat. Uh, YouTube this week will be st Stellar Tactics. Mm -hmm. I thought this was Stellaris, but it's not. It's Stellar nope, Tactics. Stellar tactics. Totally true. different. It's, yeah, it's a it's a turn-based uh, uh, tactical board type, you know, where, where the, uh, the uh, uh, fighting area is in hexes, and you have to adjust your people around. You, you've, you've played plenty of games like that, only it's in a sci-fi environment. Yes. Max is 83, says Duncan. Raven says, don't blame being gassy and being old. He's only 56, only gassy after these certain foods. Yeah, same here. But I like All right, number foods. one. Number one, only 56. What? Number two. See number one. So anyway, and you've seen that he has the Book of Demons, too. Susie, Book of Demons. He received 100% of the votes. And so he's going to live stream that on Leashbit 2 and YouTube it soon after. Nice. Razor is waiting for your point. Other than the one on your head. <laughs> right I here. added that for you, Ravenslayer. Right here. Razor has a pair of brass knuckles and a reason to kill. He doesn't care. That's, this is this is where my my love my love crafty and gland comes out. <laughs> I don't I like the way you motioned it coming out. That seemed weird. That's how it, that's how it looked when it came out. <laughs> that just that was a recreation. Nora has one string cat quest two remaining. The levels under done. She has suggested for a new game to play. Cat ears are mandatory for her, not the game. True. 
That's right. So, if you have a suggestion for Noro, a cute game she could play, or an entertaining no, game. No, Lord Horror. Cthulhu will call it coming. Horror? Horror genre, yes. I want her crying I on don't... stream. Five Nights at Freddy's it is. We'll be two, there you go, we'll be like, bam. We'll be three years late to that trend. That's okay, but, you know, people will still tune in to see a girl cry. Yeah, sad, but true. I don't know what the, uh, what is that one that just came in? Man of, uh, Medea. That's the new horror hotness. Man of Medea, huh? Yep, that's the new horror hotness that just came out. Okay. But that would be a suggestion. And every 2020 is coming soon. Gen Con 2020. The badge registration is in January. The activity signups are in May. The event is 30 July to August, so start planning now to join us. Make sure to be there 26th of January to get your ticket. They go fast. There's a lot of them, but they go fast because there are a lot of nerds. Man it's of Medea. Yeah, thank you, Rockman. That's what I said. So join our Gen Con discussion to be there with us, to hang out with us, play some games, enjoy the brotherhood of the Gen Con. We don't do it very often. We do it like every five years, so be there. Yep. Streaming schedule. I said that wrong. Streaming schedule. <laughs> I said schedule. Yes, you did. Screaming schedule. That sounds like a D and D monster. The screaming schedule attacks. La 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 la. <laughs> it's based oh, wait, on no. old naval ghost story that someone got published in a Dutch newspaper. Oh, interesting. All right. All right. So, and Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., Shroud of the Avatar. Monday, 8 p.m., Left 4 Dead 2 with Heathen Dog. Heathen Dog is streaming at 8 p.m., Left 4 Dead 2 with Elgarian. I said that. Thursday, 8 30 p.m., Pure Glass Revival with that Garth on Gayot Cat. And you, the viewers. And don't forget, we are starting our new thing with Empyrean Glass Revival, where we are actually going to be doing a PvP contest between the Legion of Myth, that's Garth on Heathen Dog, against everyone else. So, enjoy blowing up our stuff. It'll be good. Yay. Yay! I will sadly be the lead anchor that draws us down. <laughs> Most likely, yes. I will be the depleted uranium weight that stops Ooh. us from moving forward. Ooh. No, no, no. You'll be the depleted uranium dust that gives us all weird cancerous weird type cancers crap. later. Yeah. And Saturday at 8 p.m., the anime comics and games Legion with live stream. Which you can be watching now. It's a great place to be and hang out with us. We appreciate everyone there. Sherlock Holmes the Awakened. Haven't heard of that one. Is there official Centaurus World War II tank commander here? <laughs> uh, Garthon at 9 p.m. I, I forgot to update that because I can't do Final Fantasy 3. Well, I can. I don't want to start from the beginning. Where I will be playing... Lunar Silver Star Story on okay. PlayStation 1. Another RPG, PlayStation 1 RPG, not Final Fantasy 9. I could. I could play 7. I could. I'm not gonna. Maybe 7. I don't know. Right now I'm thinking River Luna. City Ransom. River City Ransom. I could do that too. I could do River City Girls. No. I could do River City Ransom. Yeah. Actually, no. Well, I'd have to use a remake because the NES version is problematic streaming because I don't have a modded NES to stream it off of. Oh. And it'd be composite signals which look like crap. Gaze your lets you telepathic your people's intestines. Ew. Suggest Norris. Suggest Norris she plays Sherlock Holmes the Awakened, Raveslayer insists. Alright, well that's one for Freddy's and one for Sherlock Holmes. And don't forget on Twitch TV uh, slash Legion Myth 2, we got Max Liam Wednesday and Friday at noon playing Variety, currently Book of Demons. And Noro has her last at 11 on Thursday, has her last Cat Quest 2 stream. Make sure you give those suggestions. Final Fantasy X2. I liked Final Fantasy X Part 2. I'm the only person who did. Well, me and Mark Hawkman, apparently. But I enjoyed that game. 
I have the PS4 remake. Uh, I could do that. Anyway. And Heathen Dog on twitch.tv slash Heathen Dog, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m., seven days to die. Teaming up with Sheris. Yeah, and that's, that's been right. really good. Uh, we had a... Uh, we did it. We did okay on the last uh, the last horde night. Uh, part of our horde base died, but it was it was Sheris's add-on part, and uh, the 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 zombies killed the add-on part. But my part's still solid, and nobody died. So that's right. Very that's good. You should play one of those games that makes you hate life and is sad for days. Those are good. I like I like watching you play those. I like watching your you know you break. Oh my god! Was it the Last of Us? No. What was that one? It was like post-war I gave to you. Oh, this war am I? Yeah, that was a good one. That was that, a good one. That was a good game. That was good it wasn't. I heartily, I heartily disagreed with the with one of the game's endings. Right, right. Because I got out of of a, of a war zone with my life and my son, and I I call that a win, right? That's right. That's right. But apparently, I I died horribly later on because I had survivor's guilt. Because I left everyone else behind. I don't think you felt that guilty about it personally. No, I don't. I don't understand that level of thinking. It wasn't you. Right? It was your character. Your character yeah. had guilt. You did. I don't. No, of like, course hey, not. Of they course were smarter. Not. They like, would have got I out. I got out. I win. <laughs> Literally won the I game. I won life because I lived. Yes. Yes. That's how you win life. You not die. <laughs> I don't get it. The survivor's guilt. Fuck you. I mean, oh, sorry. <laughs> Bill. Naughty words. Naughty words. There you go. So don't forget, join our Discord community. Uh, at Legion Myth, you can go to that discord.gg slash and you can follow our announcements on Twitter at Legion Myth and talk to us. This was D&D game. No, this was a uh, PC game. It was fun. Yeah, it's a PC game. Uh, this war of mine. I, uh, You can look it up on YouTube. I, It's uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, it was dark. Uh, There's some real nice victories in there, though. So I was like, yeah. Because yeah. it, got, it got dark. It did. It, gets it, with, it wasn't as soul-crushing as the game we won't mention. No, we're not going to mention that game. Because that game cheats. Yes. I had to redo my entire operating system. <laughs> and you can watch it chat live on Twitch. Like right now! Right now! Yay! As we speak. Unless you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're watching this live, you know, it's time. Yeah. So twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth or slash Legion of Myth 2 if Legion of Myth 2 things are happening at that moment. True. And don't forget, Legion with gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Get impress your friends, intimidate your enemies in your Legion with gear. Be cooler than everyone next to you. Unless they also have it, then you're equally cool and you have a friend. All yep. right. There you go. Twitch follower goal after 1,000. We got it. Woo! Twitch subscriber goal after 100. Oh, we didn't get it mm. for November. Thinking not. Nope. I mean, today's the last day. I mean, if yeah. someone wants to gift out like 30 subs right now. <laughs> Don't then we well, win. we'd have to have 30 people here. So no, let's not yeah, do that. Enough. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay, don't also, do that yet. Yeah. Uh, YouTube subscribers are we're getting close to our 1,500 goal. We're very close. Thank you very much. Patreon's holding steady. We appreciate that as well. Thank you very much. So if we meet these goals, we will have more giveaways. Every Twitch follower subscriber we greatly appreciate gives access to our Twitch giveaway contest, our anime accounts, giveaway live streams, and daily Shroud the Avatar streams, which are the premier Shroud the Avatar streams on the internet from our friend Olgarian. Our YouTube subscribe, individual live stream requests, additional element content, and our Patreon YouTube members are at their best value. You get more stuff and you get personal goals, and it will help us go to achieve more giveaways. We have one last goal in 2019 with trying to get 100 Twitch subscribers. If so, we'll empty our game key cache uh, on the last live stream of 2019. Yeah, that's like 30 or 40 games. And Just it's a lot. Dump them all out. That's yep. right. 
So until everyone, follow Legion Myth, chat with us, clip and share our shenanigans, suggest animes, comments, and games for us. We'll talk about them and play them and enjoy them. We have over four years of content in the live stream alone. Daily Twitch streams with amazing Shroud Avatar, Avatar content, which I've mentioned. Team ups in Imperial Glass Survival, Left 4 Dead 2, interesting retro games that Garthon plays sometimes. And our alternate channels of Legion Myth 2 and Heathen Dog. So don't forget, YouTube videos, digital live streams, tabletop RPGs, unboxings, fundamentals. Be there with us. Get our goals. Get our prizes. Thank you very much. I'd like to especially thank our Patreon patrons, our Twitch supporters, Illuminati Level, Gary, Warden, Brian Nation, Sharers. Thank you ever so much. And cheers, number one is on. Thank you so much. And gift subscription, number one is on. Awesome. Thank you to everyone else involved in that. Thank you. Thank you. We really do appreciate it. It's your, it's your help and support that keeps us going. Because, uh, yeah, everything costs money. Uh, we had some upgrades from equipment recently. We appreciate that. So thank you all very, very much. Review system. Half star horrible. Five star amazing. And if something is a preview, it's because we haven't been there yet. We got ideas about it. If it's an impression, we started and finished it. You know, we were talking about thinking. A review is uh, something we, we know about. So we're going to review it. So that's uh, that's the words. Those are the important things to know. Yeah. Most of my anime are considered impressions. That's true. They're not done yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the opinions expressed. If, sorry. The opinions and commentary expressed in this are still the opinions and commentary of the individual and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort by a family, friendly atmosphere, this content is not targeted towards children under the age of 13 and may include the occasion of foul or offensive language. Belgium. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Picture yourself on a hilltop, under a tree, the tree waves slowly in the breeze. The breeze that you do not feel, because there is no breeze. But the breeze slowly shakes the tree, in and out, north to south. The leaves gently wafting back and forth in the interminable, terrible breeze that no one can feel except the tree. Every day you stand under the tree, peeking for a sunrise, which always comes exactly nine minutes too late, according to your almanac. That same almanac that states to you that there is no wind, yet every day the tree wafts in and out and in and out until the day you can take it no more and the tree rises among you you lash your rope around the tree only to find what you've lashed the rope around yourself he the dogs tabletop rpg fundamentals oh my god that was a cliffhanger <laughs> what happened to the tree oh god what did the tree do <laughs> subscribe subscribe indeed all right thank you everyone for coming by really appreciate it hope you're doing well and uh today we're going to talk about not just an osr game we're going to talk about the epitome of osr games what does osr you... mean heathen dog 
old school revival? Thank you. Okay. I thought you knew. All right. But this is so, so old school that if you love Pathfinder, if you love Fate Core, if you love Dungeon Crawl, stop watching. Stop watching right now. No one wants to see your all caps rant in the comment section or in chat. No one wants that. I'm giving you the warning. Just get out. Warning. For everyone, there you go. For everyone who's brave enough to continue, then please go ahead and uh, subscribe, follow, like, all that good stuff. And uh, you'll get some more of this awesome uh, trigger warning content. Love it. Fame is much more ranting. Or he is ranting, just to show you. Rant, 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 like the penguin. Rant, 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 rant. <laughs> okay, uh, after a couple seconds of that, we'll go to our details. Dungeon Crawl Classics. Original publication date is 2003, kind of. It was, it's not the same game, anywhere near the same game as it is now. The, the, uh, the printing I'm working off of is probably the 7th. Sometimes people say it's the fifth because they apparently didn't change some of the some of the uh, copyright stuff. They just kind of copied and pasted over to the seventh, but that's that's a whole different ballbacks. It actually, uh, in its current iteration, its current form, it can be easily traced back to 2012. And the publisher is Goodman Games, and you can get it from Goodman Games, hardcover and PDF, for 39.99, or you can go to Amazon. And get it for $30.38 if you're a Prime member. If you're not a Prime member, it's $32.56. And you get the same hardcover and the same PDF. Hmm. So I would buy it there. <laughs> I mean, that's kind that of a no-brainer, right? Sense. Yeah, you're, if you're a Prime member, you're saving almost 10 bucks. Or if you just want the PDF, you can save even more money and go to DriveThruRPG and just get it for 25 bucks. That's fine. It's up to you. Now, what are you buying? Now, I'm going to tell you. Big book. A huge book. It's 504 pages. This thing's a monster. But my my initial uh, segment for all of the RPGs is an introduction to tell you about the world. Because usually, in modern games, they, they have a fleshed out world with a backstory, and they decide to tell you about it to help you ease your character into the game. Well, this is an OSR game based on stuff from the late 70s, early 80s. So uh, none of that. Literally no introduction at all. Page five goes right into character creation. But I was able to piece together some backworld information from the appendices and... Well, the, the class and race descriptions did nothing because all they do is tell you how to roleplay your class or race. But the, the appendices were very helpful in, in telling me what kind of world we were playing in. So I'm going to go over that. And, uh, well, before I go over that, there is a test you have to pass. I swear to God, this is page three on the book. It is the player agreement. This is the, this is the, you have to be in the right headspace to play this game. And if you can say yes to these, what, eight, one, two, three, four. Yeah. These, these eight tenants or actually seven, the last one is have fun. The, these, these seven tenants, if you can say yes to them, then, uh, then you, you're allowed to play the game. 
If not, it actually tells you to put it back on the shelf and walk away with uh, great celerity. As a matter of fact, go to the next slide and then you embiggen it so people can read it themselves if they want to while I'm going over it briefly. But uh, it's written in an old timey wimey language because that's the way it is. And oh no, the, the next slide. Go to the next slide as well. Not the, not the player agreement slide? The one after that is just this picture. Ah. So what it does, it tells you, okay, this is this is what you're getting into. All right. And the first thing, the first name drop is Gygax. All right. It says, uh, familiar with the customs of role-playing, understanding the history of significance of the elder gods, Gygax and Arnson and in the cohorts, blah, blah. These are these are all these are all uh old school uh creators, artists, and and whatnot of of some of the writer's favorite games. And then the next one is, listen, you're going to have a lot of dice here. Not just the D, D4, D6, D12, D20, whatever, but you're also going to get weird crap. Like, this crap's going to have nuts in it because you're also getting a D3, D5, D7, D... I don't have a D24. I have a D30. I have a D5 and D3. I'll, D24, I've never seen one in my life. But they exist. They exist. And there is a guy... Uh, uh, Zachi, Lou, Lou Zachi. He, uh, he has his own company and he, he specializes in creating dice that supposedly roll fairly every time. Don't ask me how I know. Sounds that. like a scheme do. to sell dice. It does. It does. Doesn't it? But his stuff has actually been tested. And whenever, it, whenever the test came back flawed, he would re-engineer the dice. I believe that. Sure. It seems like, I don't see why you need all those different dice. Yeah. Seems like I don't a scam. know, but, we will get into that when we get into the system, right. <laughs> which won't be this game, but you know. Yes. And then it it, it goes. Look, we can go to the next slide. It uh, uh, there are two references here that that you have to you have to understand that are telling. The first one is the Gygax reference. This is referencing the fact that this game is not is not going to be PC friendly because all of Gygax's stuff was very stereotypical. It was very speciesist, and that's just the way he built his fantasy worlds. That's just it. That's what happened. And the word adventure is said at least three times in this. And the reason for that is that you are not a hero. You are an adventurer. Heroes have plot armor. You do not. And this game is much more than the regular OSR game because you actually start out at level zero. You do not even get to be level one until you prove you're smart enough to not be dead game one. Which is a different mechanic that I haven't seen <laughs> pretty much ever. But that's the way that's the way this, this particular cookie crumbles. Now, I said that I had world setting clues. And our next slide is going to get into that. Now, the first one is inspirational books. There's a laundry list here. I haven't read the vast majority of these. I've read, uh, where is it? Um, the, the, the Shadow People by Margaret St. Clair. I've read that. And I've read, where is it? Uh, not the whole World's End series, but I think one book of it. I didn't like it that much, but that's it. But there are two authors on this list that uh, everyone has at very least heard of Tolkien probably yes and Lovecraft and probably oh, I was say seen, Jack Vance but yeah Lovecraft 
yeah and probably seen movies of and if you're if you're very lucky you've you've read these books and again this gives you hints as to how this world works first first thing the, Lo the lovecraftian horror genre it's going to tell you that this game is set in a world that the good guys don't always win that winning could be more costly than being defeated and even if you win you still feel like you lost that's pretty much a prevalent theme in all of the in all of the lovecraftian writings so this this world's going to be hard it's going to be dark it's going to be dangerous and it's going to be filled with things that defy understanding uh originally i don't see mr baker i do see michael moorcock though okay sorry that's okay that's fine now the other the other clue is the tolkien books okay this is this is a tolkien fantasy genre meaning that uh uh, not only can the PCs die because you have no plot armor. I mean, uh, what, what was that? What was that guy's name? Voromir who died in the first movie. Boromir. Boromir. There you go. That was it. Yeah. He, he was a main character. He bit it hard, you know, but also the, the world setting it, because Tolkien, uh, no matter what his, no matter what his writing flaws that you think he had, he built a world. He fleshed it out, made a language, uh, he, he gave, he gave amazing descriptions of all the lands. They were, they were separate. They were, they were all built, uh, uh, differently compared for their races. Their races were separate. They were all di different sections, a patchwork upon the same world, but all of it fit together. All of it was, was harmonious. So that's the kind of world we're looking for in this game. Uh, something, something akin to middle earth. All right. So we have a setting and we have a tone. Just just from the clues from the from what they tell you, hey, if you're going to play this game or you're going to run this game, you should read these books and you should, you know, take all of your hints from here. So that's good. OK, now let's move over to the actual play style of this and most OSR games. In current games, current era games, there is something called player agency where the player has a certain amount of control of the world that he's playing in. That the world just doesn't happen. Things just don't happen. He makes moves and he can alter the story. That's current games do that. This is not current games. All right. You are not necessary to the story. You are part of the story. You are a cog in the story machine. If you die, you roll up a new character and you jump in the story. The story is not hurt by your death. The story doesn't care about you. You should cry in somebody else's milk. No one, no one's going to help you. That All right? does remind me a lot of like first edition D&D modules where the yes. way it was set up kind of made you feel like, yeah, it's been there for a while. Uh, we've, you clean out, that's great. And if you die, they don't care. That's what it yeah, seems exactly. like. It's like, oh, yes. the next group will be in. Right. And this is not meant to punish you. It's not. What it's meant to do is to is to take you off your pedestal and let you realize that if you are dumb, if you make stupid, stupid moves, or if you get unlucky, you will die. You should be smart. You should be careful. You should be wary. Question everything. Think everything through. And you'll have a better time. This is called real role-playing. You're putting yourself 
in your character's shoes, you're, you would not make stupid Rambo decisions. All right? You would be careful. You would not jump into, into an arrow fight with no cover. No. You wouldn't do that, so your character wouldn't do that. So it's it's actually this mechanic is made to make you roleplay better. All right. Now, another thing is the world doesn't owe you anything. All right. The story always comes first. You are not the hero. I said that earlier. You're not the hero. You do not have plot armor. All right. You're a player, as in someone who is in a play. And as we know, Shakespeare said the, the play is the thing. And that's exactly true, even for role-playing games. You are there to help tell the story. The story is that the play is the thing. The story is the thing. As a player, you help tell it, but you are not integral to it. You'll be replaced. And the story will continue. All right. If you fail, if you die, it becomes part of the story. It doesn't stop the story. It doesn't wreck the story. It just add, adds more flavor to the story. And then you move on. All right. And the audience, the audience in this, uh, I'm really stretching the play analogy. Uh, the audience is everyone at the table, game master included. I mean, you're doing it so everyone can have fun. A rich story makes sure everyone has a good time. All right, now, uh, this class race thing, on our next slide, this little class racing, uh, it's all stereotypes, but they're there to assist you. They're not there to offend. They're not there to make you angry, like, oh, this isn't fair. Oh, no, I, I want to play I want to play an elf cleric. I, I, I want to play a dwarf wizard. No, these stereotypes are there to help you role play. These are what elves are like. These are what dwarves are like. These are what warriors are like play them like that or play another race or class this these are your options all elves are stuck up douchebags they are absolutely certain that they're better than every other race they are all elves are like that all dwarves are money grubbing fiends they love gold they love jewels they love rare minerals and they love rules stickler for the rules as a matter of fact if you are a chaotic alignment you are banished or killed because obviously you've got some cross wires up here and the whole dwarven race is better off if you were gone all right you have to role play these traits if you don't role play these traits you are by definition doing it wrong again this isn't about you your character isn't the most important. You are part of the story. The story demands you role play your character. Trust me, if you follow these rules, you role play your character, you're going to have fun. That's it. Gonna have fun, I swear. All right, that was our introduction to Dungeon Crawl Classics. Now, uh, like I said, this thing's 500 pages long. So, uh, dice system and combat might be two <laughs> could could be two uh, segments on their own all right uh, I'm sure I'm sure I can get character generation to 30 minutes I'm pretty sure I haven't really kind of spaced you know timed it out yet but I'm pretty sure I can do that but the rules and system of play 
this book is way too big, especially if I add magic in there, because magic is the main difference from what you're used to if you've played D and D three, three point five, four or five, or even a D and D or straight D and D. It is different, not super different, but different enough to where it has to be re-explained. All right, sounds interesting. So, there you go. There is Dungeon Crawl Classics. Oh, I had like a I nice said, old school vibe to it. Yes, it does. The yes, art looks very yeah. Errol Otis. I appreciated that. <laughs> it's all of the art. Max Leal actually told me that uh, that uh, he has trouble taking it seriously. He wants to take this thing seriously, but he has trouble because the art is, seems really childish. I didn't get that. I, I got the art being as, as simple. It looks like first edition D&D art to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 simple art from a simpler time. And that's what basically what's for, you know. Okay, but what did you think? What you what do you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on OSR games? Are you a big fan of player agency, or or do you want the the, the game master to have a control over the story? It depends how you define player agency. I define player agency as players being able to to change the story rather than the story you know unfolding on its own. Because I always thought a player agency is just the player keeping absolute control of their character. Like, you can't say, your character goes over here, or something well, like that. Well, that, that's just it. I mean, the p- part of the story is your uh, is every character goes through adversity, right? Well, true. I mean, yeah, that's part of every story. Even if you're the hero, you go through adversity. But this is like you can die, and the player has no agency to stop that if they've made wrong decisions or just got unlucky. You're just going to die. Fair enough. Or or be handicapped, lose an arm, like French, whatever. That was that's Doesn't still matter. funny. It's still funny, yeah. But uh, do you have any suggestions for my next RPG? Now this is going to take a while, to be fair. But uh, I always take suggestions for my next one, so go ahead and uh, be the first one on there. And for hey, first one's always sticking in my mind, so that's how it works. So thank you for watching. I appreciate it. Thank you, Heathen Dog. Remember, like, subscribe, share for more Heathen Dog. You can join for full streams of anime, comics, and games. May really chat and giveaways of monthly Q&As, Legion of Myth members, and accounts towards our Patreon giveaway goals. For more Heathen Dog, you can check out his anime on the stream segments, tabletop gaming fundamental segments, and team-ups on YouTube and Twitch. Selected video game streams are also on Twitch and YouTube, so please check those out. And remember, be a Legionnaire. Ravenslayer says, uh, so I can't have a dwarven druid? Nope. What if you're a rock druid? Actually, no, there is no druid at all. The, these are the classes and races. And if you are if you want to be a race, you cannot be a class. It is warrior, thief, cleric, wizard, and those are all human, or elf, dwarf, or halfling. That's what you can be. You can be a race or a class, not both. All elves can use magic, all dwarves fight, and all halflings steal. So they are like a like a, a thief, wizard, and warrior light. But where where they lose in, in the in the pure class power, they gain in racial abilities. So there is no dwarven cleric and there is no halfling wizard. None of that nonsense. Fair enough. 
Garthon's comic poll. Garthon reads comics. He tells you about comics. Comics! And now, everyone, we bring you the most delayed comic. Well, a very delayed comic. Not my most delayed comic. That is clearly Doomsday Clock. But delayed, <laughs> but finally here, Shazam! Number eight. Something is bothering the Shazam family. And what could it be? Written by Jeff Johns, art by Scott Collins, colors by Michael Attier, cover by Dale Eaglesham and Michael Attier. There's a spooky Shazam skeleton and uh, I don't know, pumpkin head thing. Um, comic pumpkin head. It's almost Halloween themed. Seeing how late these books come out, maybe it's supposed to be in October. Who knows? Yeah, fair enough. All right. So. If one will recall, uh, the Shazam family has opened the doors to the magic realms, and when they entered, they got separated, and bad things have been happening. Um, they've basically separated like the magic lands, the wonder lands, the dark lands, the gamer lands, all these different places. Um, uh, they're finally starting to get back together, finally starting out these places. But while they were there, shortly after they arrived. All of them lost their powers, except for Billy Batson, Shazam. So they can't call upon their super mystic Shazam powers, except for Billy. Mm. Um, they're starting to find some allies, to starting to get away from more dangerous places, uh, get together, find friends. Uh, they finally met up with Talkie Tawny and befriended him. He was actually walking, talking lion. Well, tiger. Outstanding. Um if you're if you know anything about the Shazam comics, Takitani is a legacy character who's back. Does Mary still wear black? Only when she's bad Mary. That's only bad Mary. Good Mary does not wear black. It's been too long since visited. Of course it has. This book has been like oh, six months later or something. It's crazy. Billy did not go red again and suck his, suck his powers back. My fault. Uh, but as they've been going through the magic lands, previously. Uh, looks like Billy Batson's original you know, birth father has showed up at the place of the people who adopted him and trying to meet him. Um, you find out that the moment uh, the wizard Shazam was found in the Wonderlands or the Wazenderlands and he begins explaining to a couple of the kids that the reason they can't access their powers is because their powers are linked to the concept of family. There's supposed to be a family of wizards the Shazam wizards, who each of them rules over a different one of the magic lands. And so there's one missing, because they need one for one of the lands, but also if they've lost their powers, it's because Billy has lost his concept of family. Something weird has gone on with that. And you find out it's linked to him believing his finding out his birth father still is alive and still wants him. Which is kind of messed with his head. Um, meanwhile, Billy is traveling through the Dark Lands, which are the creepy grave place you see on the cover. Mm. And he encounters what appears to be some sort of ghostly Shazam, some ghostly Captain Marvel, who seems kind of creepy, but kind of helpful. He's like, he's like, oh, hey, if you want out, you just, he's like, I'm trying to get out of here. He's like, oh, just go that way and go that way. And you better do it quickly before, uh, before the bad guys show up. See, me and my family, we're, you know, 
we for Shazam, who's passed on, and we're just trying to, you know, we try and protect people who come through here. So you might want to get moving. It's like, oh, thanks. What can I do for you? He's like, oh, well, I, you know, I don't want to be dead. I want to be alive. So you can help me out, you know, and, you know. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's like, yeah, you know, cool, but we'll talk later. We'll see you. And then, like, the other stamp, you're like, are, are you uh, bothering me? He's like, no, no, it's cool, it's cool. And then after Billy leaves, the rest of the undead Shazam time is like, you were trying to get her to bring you back to life? What's wrong? He's like, yeah, I don't like being dead. You know what it's, cost? It's fair. You know the price, a life for a life. He's like, yeah, I didn't tell him that, though. So like, oh, so you're really just a dick. Uh, so that was kind of creepy. Um, also, at the same time, uh, Mr. Mind and... Oh my gosh, I just forgot the evil scientist's name. It's electricity. Savannah. Do- uh, Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind have teamed up, and they've got Black Adam with them. Uh, because they needed, they were trying to take down Shazam, and they want to get his powers and such, so that they can take over the Magic Lands, because that's what they want to do, because they're evil. Um, Black Adam so much isn't into that. He's, he just wants to protect Kondok. He's like, yeah, I don't trust Mr. Mind. You should either, Savannah. They show that their powers have been ramped up, but they convince him to go along with it by giving him control of the Seven Deadly Sins, who you know revealed earlier. And now he could use them to go beat some crap out of some people. And that's when they happen to see Billy uh, Billy Bass's father walking down the street. And they're like, hey, that's the guy. Let's, uh, let's get him. Uh, Shazam is then able to rescue a few of his family members and talk Itani. Uh, from the Darklands where they were trapped. Uh, they poof Shazam back into their house. Their parents are happy to see them. They're kind of confused. There's a big cat there. The parents know about the superpowers thing now. And uh, as soon as Billy looks outside, he sees that they're kidnapping his dad. And that begins a small super fight. And the big stinger of which is basically the Deadly Sins pile on Shazam. Black Adam is in. There's a big tussle. Billy Batson's biological father falls to his doom, but as he's falling, Billy yells at him to yell the magic word. He's like, what's the magic word? He spells it out, and his dad yells Shazam, and he gets the superpowers. Meaning that Billy Batson is now considering his dad, who he's never really seen, family. God, this kid has so much mental problems. I don't. Yeah, I got a problem with that too myself. Yeah, I mean, especially as Shazam, he's supposed to have the wisdom of Solomon, right? You would think, yes, but they always forget he, that but one. He, but they, yeah, they always forget that when when they're writing him, right? Yes, yes, they do. Because like, oh, he's a little boy. He has the wisdom of Solomon. He's just a little he, boy by, though. He's dumb. He has no, the wisdom by of definition, Solomon. He doesn't make stupid decisions. Right. Otherwise, Solomon made a lot of... Well, Solomon didn't make the brightest decisions all the time either. But... Usually did. No, it's his yeah, dad all, who screwed all up. All we hear is about a couple of mistakes. Every other thing he did apparently yeah, was awesome. Yeah, super wise. So, yeah. I have some issues with... There's always that problem with the character, with Shazam. Um, there was Salome. Yeah, like I said, he wasn't always on point. He made a couple of mistakes. Yeah. yeah. He's still a human being. But the thing is, uh, Billy is not... 
Right. I, Billy makes a lot of mistakes. I know, right? Billy, as Billy, can make all the mistakes he wants, but once he turns into Shazam... He should know he, better. Or at yeah, least have wisdom of not intelligence. It never yeah, says the, exactly. uh, the intelligence well, yeah. of Einstein no. or anything. No, 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 Shazam. no. Wisdom. That's different. Yeah, wisdom is it's different. Common sense, basically. It's a different stat, for gosh sake. <laughs> uh, but all in all, the issue was a pretty fun reason issue. I liked the art a lot. The art was pretty solid. wasn't the best art in the universe, but it was very good. The uh, I said it was fun to read. It went along very nicely. I see the conflict they're trying to show. I don't like the biological dads showing up at all anyway. No, no. Especially when you haven't had enough time to really establish him being in his adopted family. He went really quick from... Yeah, it's episode eight, man. Yeah, he went really quick from, okay, I accept my new adopted family, to, oh no, conflict! It didn't seem like enough real time to establish himself. He would have just (laughs) said, sweet, I'm out of there, you know? Yep. So, I had issues with that, so there's some problems with writing. It was a fun issue, but with how delayed these are in coming out, it's hard to keep a cohesive narrative in your head. So, that kind of hurts it. Um, Is it bad? No, it's good. Is it great? No, it's not great. So, I actually was kind of disappointed in this issue overall. Things just kind of seem thrown in there. So, it's only going to get three stars. Above average, but not great. It was good. Okay. It yeah, was I, was, good. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna argue three stars if he went three and a half, just for the sole reason that it's they seem to have trouble writing Shazam correctly. It's it's very much like uh, the the trouble that some writers have writing Superman correctly, because yeah. Superman being so strong, you they people often make mistakes in writing villains for him. Like, oh, we have to have a stronger villain. No, you don't. That's we'll, dumb. We'll, we'll get to that later. Oh, all right. I don't want to spoil it then. <laughs> we will get. If you want to see that, look for Garthon's review of Action Comics 1017. We'll talk about oh, that. I'm a prophet. You are. <laughs> so three stars. Shazam number eight. I liked it. I didn't love it. So thank you for the great assault. I'm a fan of Shazam in general. I like Jeff Johns. It really seems like he kind of phoned this one in though. Seems like the series started out very strong, and then as the delays came, uh, as he got more involved with like making movies, this is very seems feels very backburner to him, mm. or it feels to me like this was very backburner to him, and it suffers for that. So everyone, what did you think of this segment? What did you think of our buddy Shazam number eight? Did, am I off base? Is this actually fantastic? And I don't see it. Do you think that the movie was better? Do you think, have you seen the movie? The movie was fun. Uh, if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. Yes, Garthon's Comic Pull. And today on Garthon's Comic Pull, we are talking about another comic book that has come across the very important Legion of Myth news desk. And that was Avengers number 27. That's right, my friends. The Avengers have 27 issues. What's happening here, my friends? What, you don't like my old-timey 
radio voice? No, no, just that the Avengers 27, which, when it's really like 3,027. Uh, according to the Avengers Legacy number, it is issue is number 727. Whatever. All right. Not, Not more, more Starbrand. Star no. <laughs> Starbrand Reborn. Star. Well, it's, at least it's not 1 million BC Hulk sad caveman Starbrand. Dinosaur Starbrand <laughs> was cool, though. He had, like, oh, laser God. breath. So. <laughs> He's Godzilla. He was Godzilla. Uh, written by Jason Aaron. Pencils by Ed McGinnis. Inks by Mark Morales. Colors by Jason Keith. And the cover by Ed McGinnis and Val Staples. All right, so this is the beginning of Starbrand Reborn, part one. The Starbrand's Earth Defense Force, or something now. Not just a dude from the new universe. This is not Avengers, it's more Defenders, if anything, since Raven's Lair. Yeah, I'm with you. So, the Avengers get... It starts out with our buddy, Gladiator. Uh, six days ago, the Shi'ar controlled space. The outskirts of the Raven Star Galaxy. You know it's dark when it's Raven Star Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Watch Droid Delta. Uh, basically, at one of the prisons, there was a massive like nuclear-type explosion, but all the generators are still online. Uh, the people who survived have like weird star brand scars on them. Uh, there's one survivor who is escaping... And it was a brood. I thought the brood were good or not bad or extinct. Whatever. Yeah, extinct. That's it. Yeah, but now they're not. Well, so they had one prisoner. They have this prisoner and brood, and they're like, you will tell you what happened. And he's like, I won't tell you anything because I'm a brood, and I like eating brains and stuff, and I'm evil, and I spit on you. Gladys, the guy burns his uniform, and Gladys like, oh, hmm, hmm. Well, uh, you're going to tell what I want to know. Or you're going to die. And he's like, ah, screw you. He's like, okay, then. Well, I'm upping your sentence from life to death. And then he spits at him, and his spit is so powerful, that like, spits, like, shoots through him and kills him. That's how powerful Gladiator is. Fair. Why not? He's Gladiator. Sure. He yeah, is Gladiator. purple Superman. I'll, I'll take it. With but, self-esteem issues. That's right. Well, you know. He's purple. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so... The after which it goes to five days ago. Well, actually, well, after this gladiator tells them, "All right, peons, I'm gonna go to this to the space and uh, find out what's wrong. If I'm not back in like an hour, uh, call this call. Wait, wait, call this number. Call these idiots." And he leaves. Which goes to five days later at the Avengers headquarters, which is a dead. Eternal. I still hate that base. And I hate how they're so clever with the base. Because they're inside a dead Eternal. And they're like, the thumb hanger. Oh, the hanger's in a thumb. Just the thumb hanger. Why? Just call it the hanger. I don't even know what part of the body it's in. I don't know. It needs to know you're in the bladder rec room. Okay? I don't. <laughs> Are they in Nowhere's Head? No, they're not in Nowhere's Head. That'd be cool. The testicular safe space. The testicular safe space. I like that. <laughs> But they, um, so it goes to them, and Captain America has recruited Black Widow to help him out with this mission because he, I don't know, couldn't find someone more useful. And she's like, oh, you know, I don't mind going Captain. It'd be great to have a break from my usual stuff, as she imagines murdering someone in the dark. 
He's like, great to have you, Natasha. Ha ha ha. Uh, at the same time, uh, Blade is all, grr, I don't want to go into space. And the new Ghost Rider's like, sweet, I barely left LA. Space is cool. I'm excited. Which was, you know, it's good character building. Uh, they also showed off She-Hulk's new uh, bikini costume because it was important to show that She-Hulk was not a sex symbol, but make her totally unsexy and big and kind of kind of lumpy and mindless and stupid. And now they said, well, but she still needs a bikini because it is holds her gamma powers in. Sure, sure. <laughs> so if you like like huge weightlifter girls, hey, sh- who don't talk and just grunt, they got you covered here. Avengers has you covered, my friend. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. Oh, Sounds yes. Great. Avengers knows what you like, my friends. <laughs> yes. Finger on the pulse of the public. That's right. No one wants some skinny girl you'll break in half. No. They know you want big girls with muscles and biceps bigger than your head. Yes. Um, which I like, uh, I don't mind so much myself. So the, uh, but if you're going to go and put her in a bikini, why are you, try- it's like they're trying to hold two ideas at the same time. It's like people are saying she hulks less sexy now. And they don't like her. What can we do? Well, obviously the idea is to put lipstick on that pig. Hmm. <laughs> lipstick would clash with her uniform. Uh, bikini print and that's what they did that was the exact process that happened it's like you were a fly on the wall in the room where it happened i have sources (laughs) sources i tell you so this is this issue is actually not that bad it's pretty bad they afterwards uh they blast off into space to where glad it's some of the disturbances and then damn they need some backup but we're there to back them up and they're like someone actually brings up the point of like if we're the Avengers, why aren't we on Earth defending the Earth? And Cap gives a speech about, sometimes you'd help your neighbors or some crap. And off they go into space. Which then takes you to, like, present day where they, you know, are trapped in, like, a magnetic web and everyone's dying. And Thor has apparently, the only thing keeping him sane is holding on to his hammer because he's been brutified and he's turning into a brood. <laughs> that's a pretty big jump cut there that is a pretty big jump cut is you know, uh is, is someone talking to Catherine going oh yeah help your neighbor no no one says that but it basically uh, really quickly jumps into it's all gone to hell and mm-hmm. captain marvel's missing ghost rider's missing black widow's missing she hulk's doing all right she's all right she's out in space punching brood because there's thousands of them at this place um Meanwhile, uh, they're almost running out of oxygen. They're going to die. And then Captain Marvel comes running in hot in a ship that used to belong to the Star Jammers. But when she recovered, she got too close to a white hole, which activated her. Uh, what was that? It's the P. Polaris? What was the powers? Oh, when she was know. all fiery and stuff. Like her head was on fire. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The uh, she drew drew upon power of a white dwarf. I forget what she was called then. Yeah. Did but you... uh, Raven's Lair said a non-queen brood binary. cannot binary. There you go. Yeah, he's right. He got that too. Just as you got it. Yeah. But uh, a non-brood um, queen cannot male make more brood. I guess a queen yeah. bit him. I don't yeah. know. There, or, there must have been a queen there. Or the writers don't care. 
which yeah. at this Plus, point with the Avengers, I believe is entirely possible. Yeah, but there, there was a five day jump cut, so we can give them. Yeah, there you know, could be a queen. On this one. Yeah, Thor could be a queen, fought the queen and the we queen don't know what happened. Bit the hell out. We don't of know what happened. Yep, there you go. Because maybe he's like, "Ha, oh, I fear no brood queen," and then she like bites the deck. He's like, "Oh crap." Or injects him with eggs, or however that works. Yeah. So, um, so right when Polaris, Captain Marvel shows up, uh, to fly them the hell out of there, well, Captain America and Thor and She-Hulk, that's all that's left there at this point. Uh, that's when Thor Brood loses it and attacks Captain America. Which then jump cuts you to, uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, with his awesome car, with Black Widow riding shotgun. Uh, and with Blade, well, Blade's in the back seat with Black Widow, and he is like falling over and like he's on fire because he keeps getting too close to Red Dwarf stars. Yellow Suns apparently don't have enough uh, infrared radiation to hurt him as a half vampire, but Red Suns do. Okay, I'll buy it. Sure. Sure. Why okay. not? Fine. Sold. Uh, he says he's trying to stay away, and he's trying to go as fast as he can, but it's hard to outrun. A surfboard. And then you see they're being chased by the Silver Surfer. Who I thought was a good guy. I was pretty sure. Whatever. Uh, so, that's where we end. Are you kidding me? That's that's where the comic ends. So, wait, wait. This whole thing is a whole bunch of... It's of, a setup. Of, it's a whole bunch of setup. Yeah. Jump cuts with absolutely no explanation at the end. It's no supposed payoff. to be dramatic. It's just dumb. Yeah, it, uh, I would like the Avengers would be smarter than to get in that situation. You know, it's not like they've never been in one of these situations before. Uh, you do have a mainly inexperienced team, but they still should be smart enough not to get Like, if Gladiator, we got this call because Gladiator, Gladiator didn't come back. Maybe we should be extra cautious with this yeah. one. Yeah, a little bit. I'm they not 1.5 starring it. Brute are like parasitic cockroaches, Mar Hawkman. That's true. Hmm. Um, so Zerg. I liked the art. The art was pretty strong throughout. Um, good coloring, good use of space, good setting of scene uh, with all the art. I still don't like what they did with She-Hulk. Captioned better than to screw with the Brood. Even if he didn't know there was Brood, he should approach this way more cautiously. Yeah. Gladiator didn't come back. All right. Defcon. Whatever. This yeah. Um, got real. Yeah, that's that's more the lines of hey, let's see if Blue Marvel and the other A-list, you know, mega level heroes are available because Gladiator called for help. All right, yeah. Gladiator doesn't call for help. So if he's calling for help, you need Thor level people and a lot of them. Yeah, not just one Thor. Yeah, and just... and okay, they had one Thor and Captain Marvel who now apparently is super powered. And She Hulk. Like, yeah, She Hulk. Yeah, and so she, I guess well, they have some real count. powerhouses. She helped doesn't count. Call Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock's busy right now. Yeah. But yeah, um So it's an interesting setup initially. I don't like the whole five days later we're trapped in this prison. We're running out of air. Thor's now we're brood. Well, how'd that happen? We'll tell you a backstory in another issue. No, tell me as it goes. Anytime the Avengers start getting space opera E, it gets boring. That's just the way it is. Um, because yeah, the the danger seems unreal at that point. Uh the Brood are okay as a villain. 
I thought they were extinct. Mostly. Yeah, actually, uh, Ravenslayer said in the '90s they were supposed to go out. I, th- I thought they did uh, in an X-Men comic, like they they were all killed off. Yeah, they were. I know there was one, one brood, uh, who is uh, he's been an X-Men. He's a, a tiny, hyper intelligent mutant brood. His name is Brew. B R U, I think. Um. And he's like the only brood who was around. He's a high, he's good. He's hyper intelligent. And he's a mutant. As a mutant, the brood will kill him instantly. Sure. He's different. Right. He's a different. He's an anomaly. The brood don't like that. They like all their little brood clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, he was the exception to Ravenslayer, exactly. So is it good? It's not bad. It's in it's better than the last issue. But again, I don't like. When you start going space opera, it gets kind of dull. Jason Eric seems to love space opera. He loves bringing in the Celestials, the Eternals, the. I would say Celestials are. They're going to be Celestial based on Eternal. Um, all the, he seems to love all the space stuff. The art's really strong. Um, it's fun to look at. I uh, got his great job setting scenes. The colors really pop. I really like the colors uh, that Jason Keith did. They work really well. The writing to me is where it falls apart, and that's to me the most important part of a book. So did not love it. Uh, two and a half stars. I can't say I hated the book. I had some neat moments in it, but I'm like, why are you running through Silver Surfer? I know you're trying to make a dramatic ending, but if I was taking a team of guys to go into space because Gladiator was hosed, top on my list would not be Black Widow. No. Or no. Blade. Yeah, I mean, but uh, unless unless you're sure you're fighting space vampires. If you're fighting space vampires, hell yeah, hey, I'm bringing Blade. Hell yeah, bringing Blade. He's he's a number one. With at that sunblock. Point. Yes. So someone forgot a key component. Garlic, um, whatever. Yeah. So Captain Marvel's tough. Sure, bring her. Why not? She has her own yeah. spaceship. Why is she? Anyway, two and a half stars. It was okay. It was okay. That's what two and a half stars is. It was okay. If someone says this book sucked, I like it was okay. Story sucked, but story is okay. It was pretty. It was no pretty. vision or Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, vision, I think, is dead again. I don't remember. Yeah. I stopped caring. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are no longer the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a long story, and I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy are a whole different team now, and. X-Men's a mess, too. So, um, yeah, two and a half stars. Avengers number 27. It's a book. I know Starbrand's fan was demanding he return. So, uh, well, see what happens with that. Yep. So, everyone else, if you're still here, thank you. What are just your thoughts on the segments? What did you think of Avengers 27? Am I off base? Is this the beginning of an awesome new space epic and I should really get on board right now? Was this just a book, just a ton of fun, and I missed out? Tell me why. I, I want to know. And if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, drop them by me, message me, send me a text, do something, and we will talk about that in the future here on Garthon's Comic Pull. So thank you very much, and remember to be a legionnaire. Before we go to the next comic, I nope. I do on. Un- go ahead. 
I do understand why the brood still exist and they're not extinct. I would treat the brood like smallpox. Well, yeah, all right? yeah, they're like they're cockroaches. Yeah. You think they're all dead? There's one around somewhere. Well, no, not no, no. Treat it like smallpox. Like there are two places in the world where, where smallpox smallpox still exists. The they're VA? in lab labs in Atlanta and in Moscow. All right, our 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 respective CDCs. Okay, right. then they're there only if some other strain. So, uh, is somehow engineered by someone else or evolves in the wild we have something to test on to create a new vaccine and if there another race evolves or is created that end up being like the brood i would want brood to test on so i can kill these new brood things much quicker i get it and uh the the whole space gulag out in the middle of freaking raven sector or wherever it was that's where i would put the smallpox brood that's yeah. where I would put them. Well, maybe that's so why I they're there. I get it. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't like it, but I I can wrap my brain around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I just it's hard to make to me to make the brood a compelling enemy because they're not fighting the brood is like fighting a disease. Yeah. They're not evil per se. That's just how they propagate their species. Right. You know. So. They're just following their nature. So to me, as a villain, they're done. They We've told every brood story you can tell. They try to, they affect the base, they affect your team, you fight them off. They've told every brood, unless they majorly change the brood, they've told every brood story. Yeah. You know, which is why the other alien movies, you know, past, you know, two haven't done very well. Because you told every story. Yeah. You told the alone on a ship horror story, and then you told the uh, the fighting hordes of them story. Yeah. That's what you tried got. To, yeah, you tried to make it fresh by putting predators in there. Bam, right? That bam, didn't bam, work. Bam. You tried, nope. you tried to, to – oh, wait, it's alien, but in a prison. Well, that's that wasn't as good. Uh, well, uh, to, to be fair, they, they started off by hobbling themselves by, by killing Newt bishop and yeah and what's yeah, his face they, they only started off making yeah. you hate the film yeah yeah like oh no no i i want to i want to make sure that in this movie we blow off our foot right away right um i thought so was it four i didn't think it was bad both winona Ryder. oh that was the one where she was cloned yeah that i didn't think was hybrid. bad it, th- that uh, part was bad that part was bad yeah. that she was part yeah. alien was yeah. bad uh, but I kind of liked the weak, I liked the uh, like the mercenary team and stuff. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Yes. I'm not saying it was great. It wasn't as good as no. one or two. I'm not saying oh, it was good not. as those. No, no. I'm saying it's better than three. Yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it was. It was to me that was a fun film. But you know, that would actually make okay. sense. Yeah, yeah. Three didn't. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I, but to me the brooder kind of played out. Mm-hmm. No, they I are majorly prayed out. Who wants to? Who reads Avengers for a space opera? That's why you get Starjammers or Silver Surfer or any of the other space-based heroes. When Captain Marvel had her own series, it was I think she still is. It was all space opera. Those are the books you read for that. Those books always die quickly. Yeah, the Avengers. I, they they keep forgetting the second part of that. Earth's, Earth's mightiest mightiest heroes. heroes. Yeah, that's what you want to see. You want they're doing stuff on Earth, and even then, 
you know, some of the best Avengers runs were not them saving the galaxy or solar city. It was usually like a city or a singular villain or helping someone out. It was never... Anyway, let's move on. Okay. It is Garthon's comic pull. And today we are speaking about another comic book. That comic book being... Action Comics number 1017. That's right. No silly renumbering here. 1017 big ones, baby. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Pencils by John Romita Jr. Inks by Klaus Janssen. Colors by Brad Anderson. And cover by John Romita Jr. and Brad Anderson. Uh, I've been on the comic poll before saying this, and I'm going to say it again. John Romita Jr. sucks. Okay. Do you like lines? You like lines? I got lines for you. Do do lines belong all over people's faces? If you're John Romita Jr., hell yes they do. Do you like a bat suit that looks like a children's toy? Here it is, baby. Children's toy bat suit. Actually, that's very reminiscent of Iron Man's very first armor in Vietnam. It is, but it's a bat suit. But it's and it's black and it has lines ah. on it. Of course, gotta have lines. So, all right. What's been happening in the year of the villain, as the cover proudly you know says, "Year of the Villain, Lex Luthor." That's not the name of the book. The name of the book is actually Comics One Seventeen. But Year of the Villain, Lex Luthor. Uh, basically, DC has this idea where they're gonna hype up their villains because no one's heard of them apparently. Mm. So, a, a writer who is not Brian Michael Bendis decided that what what the problem with Lex Luthor is. Do you know what the problem with Lex Luthor is? He's smart and rich, and but he can't fight Superman on equal grounds. What if he was super strong and could fly and crap? And what if he was really pale and wore a purple cloak? Yes, that is Lex Luthor now. What? Yes, that undead-looking dude with the purple cloak. Yeah. That's Lex Luthor. Shut up. Not you're, Brian you're Michael Bendis' fault. That's Scott Snyder's fault. You're messing with me now. Uh, I wish I was. Yeah, that's Brainiac. Uh, you can tell by the green skin and all the lines on him everywhere. <laughs> Actually, everyone looks like they're half cat. Yes, because John Romita Jr. sucks. All right. He has one face, maybe two he could draw. And a gorilla. I mean, look at Cheetah, for gosh sake. I guess that's okay. I guess, you know, you don't want to make Cheetah too sexy. But still. Right. Freaking A. And let's put smoke. Lots of smoke. Smoke. Because you know what smoke does? It obscures details so you could draw less lines. Because if you're drawing there people, you there's going to be lines. Lots of lines. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I hate John Romita Jr. John Romita Jr. was cool in the 90s. And then you never saw him. And now he's back. And uh, and first, Marvel hired him on Captain America, and it sucked. Then Avengers, and it sucked. Or it was the other way around. Either way, it sucked. And then he was gone from there, and DC hired him. And he sucks. Not my favorite art. No. he was. It's like he doesn't care anymore. And he does have some respect as a legacy artist. 
His father, John Romita Sr., is awesome. He's all right. He was all right. Now he kind of sucks. Well, he's really old now, right? I mean, eh, he's kind of old, yeah. yeah. His father's really old and still rules. Um, oh. Or did he die? John Romita Jr. was okay early. He had never evolved his art style. Not really, no. He kind of got worse. So, so, all right. So what's the story like? All right. It starts off with, you can see the Justice League has got the little crap beat out of them by the Injustice League or the Evil League or the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. That's what they're calling themselves because they totally did not get that from a Super Friends cartoon. They totally did. Totally did. Their base even looks like the Hall of Doom from the freaking not making this up. Not making this up. Yes, it's the Legion of Doom. Yes, they have the Hall of Doom. Yes, it sinks into a swamp. Stop it! Not kidding. God damn it. Not kidding about any of this. Uh, so basically, they've beaten up Superman in the Justice League, and like, why do you surrender? And he's like, okay, so fine, you want me to surrender? All right, fine. He's like, no, we want you to genuinely surrender. I think you'll know, we'll both know it when we see it. It's like, wait, so he said he surrenders, but that's not good enough. He has to genuinely surrender. No, I don't think you mean it. No Vandal Savage. Really? I, I don't know how to help you out. Uh, it then cuts to uh, yesterday, where Clark Kent is at the Daily Planet, and he's trying to interview their new owner, who we all know is actually the, uh, the secret underground mob boss who has been trying to destroy Superman. She heavily suspects that Clark Kent is Superman. I think she might even know at this point, if I recall. Um, but he's trying to interview her while she's like, I don't want to be interviewed. Marhawk says Super Friends is one of the best superhero cartoons ever. That's debatable. I'll leave it at debatable. It was entertaining in its way. I it single-handedly was... destroyed the reputation of it's... Aquaman forever. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The Wonder Twins were abominations. They're yes. actually le- officially the comics now. Oh, God. Janice what about, what about Gleeper, Glooper, whatever his name He's was? He's there, too. God damn it. He's, they're done a lot more seriously. Whatever. But it's like... still. Um, basically, he's trying to interview her and tell you how she was a Raspberry story. Then the people are going to be interested who owns the Daily Planet. It's a human interest story. And she basically is very evasive about it and doesn't want to answer any questions. And starts asking him about Lois and their relationship. He's like, ah, oh, well, we met over uh, actually after an interview and starts linking it to the interview he's doing now. And she's like, oh, I get what you're doing. So what is that you're trying to get it? And in which case, this giant fireball streaks by the offices and everyone looks at it. And when they look back, Clark Kent is gone, as he always is in these situations. Next thing you know, Superman's chasing the giant fireball streaking around through the sky. Uh, this he tries to stop it because they're not sure if it's Basically, they break it into, okay, right now there's two major problems in Metropolis. Lex Luthor, who's trying to kill Superman, and Leviathan, who just wants him out of the way while they do their thing. He's not sure which... which we still th- don't know what it is? See, Ted Knight isn't going there at the comic. No, he's not, Falcon's Lantern. That would be cool. So, basically, he goes to stop... Wait, wait. Wait, uh, do, do we know what Leviathan is their his plan is yet? Or yeah, he's, his plan is to get rid of all the spy agencies and reveal all the spy agency secrets and all the evil secret government stuff so uh, everyone knows what the governments are doing to bring peace. As Superman, I wouldn't care about that. Well, the problem is all the, he's uh, doing a lot of illegal things to do it. Oh. And he's hurting a lot of people. Oh. 
Well, okay, that's fair. Um, so I'm sorry. At that point, uh, he goes to stop the giant fireball. Giant fireball teleports him to Gorilla City, where he's like, "Oh, hey, what up, Gorilla peeps? Ah, oh, thank goodness. Oh, I thought it was gonna be bad. All right, tell your tell your boss Minamar that you know I'm here on accident. Uh, and there's like bad stuff happening." And the girl's looking at him like, wait, he thinks he thinks we're on the same team. He thinks we're still allies or something. At which point they all start attacking him. Because Grodd is now back in control of Gorilla City. Sure. Yes, he's an airy super friends. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice. Uh, so he has to fight a whole bunch of gorillas. Should then, it be too much of a problem? No, nah, not really. But he has to beat up like half a city of them. Uh, yeah, after still. Which he, after she, they, uh, you see him walking back into the Daily Planet. Looks, hair's kind of disheveled. You know, he's in Clark Kent form. He looks like kind of upset. Yeah, he had to kill a bunch of gorillas. Yeah, to beat a bunch of gorillas and Grodd's back in control there. Like, rah, rah, rah. So he's writing up a story. And as he's typing up a story, there's a giant explosion. The giant explosion happens in the club where the last couple issues, the mayor was found um, be linked uh, in this underground club that's heavily linked to the crime syndicate. And so it's a major problem, and there's a ton of evidence there, and the thing gets nuked. Just... And of course, Clark Kent takes off again to investigate it. The fire department's there. And... Uh, no one's really hurt. Fortunately, it was empty because it's in the middle of the day. Uh, but there, all the evidence there is gone. That place is just melted down. Um, so he's like, oh, so he ends up talking to the fire department a little bit about what's going on there. Then afterwards, he goes to back to Lois, who's hiding out. They still haven't fully explained why Lois is still hiding out and isn't at the Daily Planet. She's on, like, sabbatical, but still writing stories. Um, and so they kind of talk over the day and what happened, like... About how obviously that was a plant to get him away from the real problem. And so they start discussing among themselves, like, about whether it's Luther or Leviathan. It's like, Leviathan and the Invisible Mafia are at war. He figures out. What for? Exactly, says Lois. Leviathan has accumulated wealth and power of all the spy organizations in the world and then some. What does the highly volatile, organized crime world of Metropolis have to offer Leviathan? And then they both simultaneously realize Luther. What? The crime families have information on Lex Luthor. Okay. That, that he's, now, he's now a part cat, part zombie? He, he, yeah, I guess. Uh, which then does a jump cut to Superman you know, fighting Lex Luthor. And that's where it ends. One page of him fighting Lex Luthor. They never say how we got to our beginning thing. This is just like the Avengers. In a way, but in a way it's also worse because the art sucks, so it's hard to follow. Ugh. And also, it's a lot of... I generally like Brian Michael Bendis, but this is like one of his flaws. He really loves talking stuff a lot. And this is kind of talking the subject to death. There's a little action going on, but a lot of it doesn't really make sense. It's just kind of there. A lot of it could have been cleaned up a lot. It's really pretty boring the whole issue it starts out with oh my gosh somebody got his butt kicked the whole justice got them. what happened well apparently Clark Kent spent the day doing a boring non-interview 
speeding up gorillas off panel, steadying his computer and typing, showing up after something exploded, you know, basically showing up after the action or not showing you the action. Always, always good, right. good writing. The yep. scenes that should be short are long. The scenes that are long are, are short. And uh, it's it, it, it manages to get through an entire comic well without actually telling you anything. Right. And you never gained anything from it. You gained no real mm-hmm. backstory. Why? It says that they both have Luthor. Like, to gain in common, it could be better explained. And the art sucks the whole time, so I don't even want to read it. So, this was not a good issue. It was not the worst in the world. But it made me mad, because it sucked. Um, not super duper sucked. I'm not saying it was a one star, it wasn't. The writing was clear. The characters were true to themselves. Um, it built it's off not, of not previous good. issues. Um, I hate what they've done to Luthor, but that's not Bendis' fault, that's Snyder's fault. And that's why I'm not reading Justice League, because it's crap right now. Um, I, uh, two stars. It's below average. I really didn't like it. I didn't hate, hate it down to like one and a half level. It's two stars. It's okay. cohesive, if nothing else. You know, that's like the limit for two stars. Was it cohesive? Did it have a story I could follow? Yes. Did I like the art? No. Did the art match the story? Not really. Was, was there the like... story good? Not really. There you um, go. So, it falls short in every area. And thus, two stars. Axe Comics, 10, 17. Didn't like it. Don't recommend it. Warn your friends. I hate what they've done with Luthor because it kind of defeats the purpose of the character. Ugh. And I, I can't believe Snyder turned the frickin' bad guys into the frickin' Legion of Doom. <sighs> At least Superman's not flying a ship with, like, boxing gloves on the front of it. At least we don't have that. I don't know, that might make it better. That would have been fun to see. If you have to say something like that, I think it's one and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm going two stars on this one. I just All right, I, fine. I didn't like it. Everything was subpar. Nothing was terrible. But everything being subpar is not good. So, yeah, two stars. I'm not going to go lower than that. I could, but there's definitely worse books. <laughs> and, like, I can't blame this issue for what someone else did to Lex Luthor. Well, now, hang on. Everyone is smart enough to make sure that everything that happens in X-Men books does not spill off and corrupt everything in, in the Marvel comics. I think no one else but, just cares. There you go. But they didn't do that with Justice League. Well, it, that's because they're doing the it, Year of the Villain. They should have quarantined Justice League, so stupid changes in Justice League just stay in that little pocket dimension, and no one no one speaks of it after it's done. Maybe someone thinks that's great. Ugh. It does have a cool cover, though, because, look, it's one of those things, like, look at that, look at that, oh, it's a cover, but, oh, look, there's another cover, you're seeing through it, oh, they're all beat up, oh, mm. all right, 
I'm going to stick with two stars. I didn't like it. I didn't hate hate it, but I just did not like it. I don't think it was good. Right. I think everyone involved should be ashamed. If it didn't have John Romita Jr., would it be two it and a half stars? It would be two and a half. It would be two and a half without John Romita Jr. So, yeah, I'll stick by two stars. And actually, some really good art could pull it up because then the story might be easier to follow. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, t- I'm saying it might have been a three-star book without John Romita Jr. With a good artist, well, it could have been a... I that, think... You're asking... You're, hang on, you're asking an artist to pull a lot of weight here. I, the book is more pictures than words. True, but still, I mean, the story is pretty heavy hey. as, as like Bodecker heavy. The 90s have proven strong art will sell a book. Strong art mm-hmm. will trump a okay. bad story. All right. So if this had, if uh, like McFarlane did this book, it would easily be three stars. If McFarlane actually cared and was doing his A game. If Pepe the Raz did this book, it would be three stars. Oh, well, he's like Midas. Yeah, that's right. Pepe the Raz is awesome. Um, there are Talk a lot of really good artists working today who could have brought this up to three stars. John Amita Jr. is not one of them. I said it. I will never meet John Romita Jr. He does not care what I say. And that's good because he would probably punch me in the nuts or something. But, oh. but he sucks. <laughs> okay. Am I, can I do better? No. But that's not but my job. But you're not paid to do better. I'm not paid yeah. to do better. He is. Exactly. So that's the end of that. And that's where it all comes from. So thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this little review. What did you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on Action Comics 2017? Do I need to have been reading Justice League to really get how impactful and wonderful this story is? Am I wrong about John Romita Jr.? And he is the muse of our time? Let me know. Uh, and don't bring up when he did the new Fantastic Four with Wolverine and Hulk and all that. Yes, I'm very well aware of it. That's when he was good. That was the late 90s. That was mid-90s. So, uh, yeah. And if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. And if you know John Romita Jr., don't tell him about my review because I don't want him to punch me in the nuts. Thank you. Be a legionnaire. And if you want more Garth, you can find me on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. Join the Legion Myth for full streams of anime, comics, and games. Remember, we're only chatting giveaways in a monthly Q&A with Legion Myth members. YouTube membership counts towards our Patreon giveaway goals during our Twitch live streams. And you can always find my other Comic Pulse segments, my Yaksa Kwame playthrough, my team-ups with other Legion Myth members, and soon, my role-playing recycling segment on YouTube. So be there. Thank you, everyone. Be a Legionnaire. It is now time for the RNG or Legion with members talk about the random things rolling across their heads. And today, Heath and Dog and I are going to be talking about a very important subject that has rolled across my mind. Do you know what the worst thing in the world to listen to is? What's that? What is the worst thing in the world to hear? The most annoying thing in the a world? A lot of people will say chalkboard, fingernails and chalkboard. But... I'm going to go with a woman crying. No. The most annoying thing to listen to is someone else's RPG. To someone telling you about their character or their exciting adventure in a role-playing game that you were not a part of.
Well, right. actually, says Duncan. Well, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I say that a lot. <laughs> it's only because I'm right. <laughs> Baby crying. That's annoying. But no, to me, the most one of the most annoying things to listen to is when someone is telling me about how their legendary paladin married the evil priestess. And it was really funny because like the evil, he wasn't aware that she was actually evil. So she was evil behind his back and he would always turn a blind eye because he loved her. Oh, God. Maybe the game you were in that made sense. But all I hear is your dungeon master sucks and you are a bad player. <laughs> the actually of Garth on a great story. Well, that... well, thank you. Thank you. But that's the thing. Usually, usually role playing games are not meant for the people outside the room. Exactly. You know, the, the people outside the room, that's not the audience. You're you're playing. You're, you're you're doing a story for everyone who is involved in the story and no one else at all. That's why I don't understand why a lot of these like critical role stuff like that is is popular on uh, stuff like this popular on Twitch and YouTube because I don't get it. I don't care about your story. I'm not in it. Duncan's going to tell you about Harmon Quest. Isn't that a cartoon? I'll watch a cartoon. But yeah, I agree, He the Dog, that watching someone else play an RPG to me isn't quite as bad as hearing them tell me about it three years later. No, but it's the same vein. Yes, the same vein. To me, it's because I find those kind of dull myself. I've had people say, hey, you play a regular D&D game. Why don't you stream that? It's like, well... Because I, one, I don't want to play a D&D game for an audience of outsiders. You know, it's just for the people at the table. How about 30 years later? Uh, yeah, exactly. But the, also, I don't, like you're saying, I don't find it enjoyable to watch other people play a game and then, like, feel like I'm part of it somehow. And they're telling their silly little jokes. And it's like, y'all just like really cringy nerds. And I know when I play my game, I look like a really cringy nerd, but I'm a part of it. So that's different. Mm. So I know it's... I get it. It sounds different. It sounds kind of like, well, how's that different? It's, you know, it's the difference between, you know, sitting in the passenger seat and driving the car. It's a very different experience. Yep. Yep. So... Now, hang on. Uh, I would watch an RPG that that had uh, viewer interaction. Like, uh, if it was a little bit like, like, uh, what's that, uh, what's that uh, arcade game, Dragon Quest, where where the viewer could could force you to go left, right, or say something, or the, the NPC does this or that. You know, that would be fun for the players and, and for the game master. Well, no, not so much for the game master, but it'd be, it'd be fun for the players be, because... That they they would uh, they would have to role play for the audience as well, so the audience likes them, so they they choose good decisions for them, or or go, or choose to have good things happen for them. So it it would it would give the players more more uh, I don't know uh, impetus to to role play better or to be better, that's... or or it it could devolve into a giant shit show. I don't know. That's true. You know, either way is probably going to be entertaining to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I I probably still wouldn't watch it, but also I think that another problem with like watching the live action DD things, uh, like Harbin Quest and Critical Role, those are all professionals, like professional yes. actors, professional improv yes. actors. Yes, they are going to be so much better than your group. That's true. 
And that while that and while that makes it more entertaining to watch because these guys are pros and they know how to play to an audience. When you're with your group and you're trying to pull the same stuff, you're not as funny. No, it's true. It's true. You're not going to be as good. But, you know, if you're doing it on Twitch or something like that, people are going to understand that. I hope they understand it because they don't recognize your name or you. But uh, uh, Ravenslayer says in that style, there's no game master. It's a choose your own quest. No, it's it's the game master's choice when the the, the Twitch populace or the Twitch viewers can vote on something. Well, well, depend also the type like the game master say like you enter the door and now audience is behind the door. Let's the captured the princess or is it a room full of starving rabid orcs? You know. Yes. Now, if the players were 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 entertaining. The, uh, the the people who genuinely want them to succeed will will outweigh the votes of the trolls. And then the princess will be high, will be behind the door. But if if uh, if the players have not been entertaining or or have wronged the audience in some way, then, yeah, you open that door. It's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. Stuff like that. Or that would be entertaining to crowd. watch. Yeah, it could oh, be. Yeah, yeah, it, it could, could be. be. Yeah, it, I think that would be entertaining to watch whether it was good or bad. Feed them to the rats, says Ravenslayer. <laughs> See, troll, right there, troll. <laughs> Feed them to the Sharktacons. Sharktacons, <laughs> innocent. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we're super nerds. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Uh, generally entertain people, though, could be scared because it would be too funny. That's true. That's true. If you want to see them scream. Yeah. <laughs> Trader says, not a troll DM of 40 years, so he's evil by nature. Okay, yeah, I'll buy fair. that. You got to be willing to torture your players. Yeah, there's... Uh, I, I had I had one one player since high school for years. Uh, my friend Jim. He... Uh, I don't know. It, it started off, and I mean not doing it on purpose. I swear to God. It was just random chance. And then I, then I found myself, when he called me out on it, I found myself, I was doing it subconsciously. But every time something happened some some event that that something had to die it was always his horse it, at enough. first it was just random rolls his horse died you know like uh, the middle of the night there there was a attack of wolves some some horse died i randomly roll it was his horse you know stuff like that happened and then after a while subconsciously i would just not randomly roll it says obviously it's his horse you know stuff like that it would happen and he's like dude what are you doing, man? He called me on it. And I'm like, I realized like, oh crap, I have been doing that. Duncan says, regardless of someone else's D and D session. That's my point. <laughs> there you go. See, but yeah, you know, stuff like that. I, I think it, I, I think stuff like that would be entertaining. Like, like someone constantly getting hosed like the, but yeah, it'd be the viewers true. and not the game master doing it. So someone constantly getting hosed, like, like you're, you're the whipping boy of the day on the Twitch stream. Duncan says, but it was interesting. Yeah. True, but that's also I, my original point was, if someone is telling you about their mega character and they did this and they did that, it's like, oh lord, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear right. about your character. Right. And the the solution, if you're actually telling the story, is to have a little bit of interaction with people to get to give them, I don't know, a a foot in the game, I guess, so yeah. they can feel like at least a little bit that they are part of it. Uh, Duncan also brings up the point that serious RP, though, is a little more, eh. Yeah, that's, if you have some serious RP sessions, that's yeah. very hard to tell people about 
if you're even really able to is. get them. You know, like if you're like LARPing level, you know, role playing, it's really hard to talk about that and not go, okay, I left all the ovens on. I got to right. go. Or if there, there was actually a very dramatic moment in your game where, say, a player died and it was actually very impactful because they like sacrificed themselves to save the party or the town or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was actually very meaningful and impactful for everyone involved. But when you're hearing the story, it's like, so did he make his death save? You know. Yeah, and then everyone's pissed because you were you're emotionally involved in that story. You're telling it to someone who 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 is who's acting like it meant nothing, and the person you're telling it to is wondering why you're taking it so seriously. It's just a damn game. Right. So no one is happy now. But even know? if but if they were involved in the session, they also might have been taken up in the moment, you know? I've yeah. definitely been in games like that where the moment was incredibly dramatic, but in trying to describe it to someone who wasn't there later it's... It lost it. It yeah. lost the magic. Yeah. I get it. I get it. There actually was... Yeah, I'm you know, breaking the rule and talking about it. Uh, when I was running a Palladium game many, many years ago, there was a moment where Heathen Dog's character, to save everyone from an artifact which was about to explode, actually went and touched it, which nullified the explosion. He, But he had annihilated him. But, yeah. he, he saved yeah, the party. It, and it was yeah, a pretty it, dramatic uh, moment for everyone. All the energy went to me. Right. So that was a pretty dramatic moment for everyone. But if you try to describe for him, it's like they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess. But at the That's moment, fine. it was very dramatic. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I'm an amazing role player because of that. Because in real life, I would definitely trip someone into that fucking thing. That's right. You I would not be the one touching that. No, you don't got to be faster life, than the tiger. Heathen dog's not going down. All right. So, someone else is jumping on that damn grenade. But the character I was playing would do something like that. So, damn it, I did. Eh, what are you going to do? Yep. Um, in fact, it was such a dramatic death that in a completely unrelated campaign, the legendary paladin weapon ended up being named after that character. Yay. It's called Johan's Clarion, which was named after his character Johan. Johan, that game. <laughs> I forgot the name of it. Yeah, it was so long ago. I wouldn't even remember if I hadn't named that item after him. So, uh, but like I said, actually telling the story, everyone's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's a nice story. All right. It's like, couldn't they cast Resurrection or something? No, no. I took what is no, it, a no, million he, SDC damage. Well, there was were, nothing left. You were basically of me. just annihilated. There was, it was yeah, actually I was, one of I the, was atomized. Yeah. It was actually one of the god level spells that you yeah, had to yeah. take. Yeah, it actually said one million SDC. Yeah, it's like it's. What book was that? It's the one that played like gods and demigods books. So yes. basically, it was a god level spell. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was no there was no coming back from that. This is you're just gone. You're annihilated. Reincarnation. Nope. There was that. You have to have something to cast it on. There's you can't cast yeah, there reincarnation was on atoms. <laughs> well, the D and D spell. Well, not reincarnate. What's the one that brings you back, but your soul goes into an animal? But his soul was blown up too. So, yeah, yeah, there, I was, was, there was nothing left. Erased from existence. Yep, yep. Not even the clone spell gets you out of that one. Nope. Which, which, by the way, is why in fifth edition, a high level wizard is literally unkillable. Wait, uh, you could, do you still lose a, a constitution point every time you're cloned? Nope. That's how it was in eight. Oh, yeah, you still sh- lose. You you used to lose a constitution point. There was yeah, a risk. Yeah, in second edition, yeah. Nope. Wow. Just throw out a clone. 
make sure it's back in your wizard lab or someplace safe. Then you go in. Unless the dungeon master is purposely trying to kill you and he makes sure to kill your clone first mm-hmm. before and then you just walk away. It's like, oh, no, I have died in a noble sacrifice. I'll be back in about a day. Wait here for me, guys. And then you wake up in your clone. You rest. You rememorize, teleport, and you're back. Yay. Yay. You you turned D&D into paranoia. Good job. That's uh, that's what you could do now in 5th edition. Because there's no penalty for it. (laughs) What you do is you cast clone. And you also have uh, the spell where you could make... It's not clone. Stasis. No, no, no. It's like a duplicate. You, You can make a duplicate of someone. Oh, uh, 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 simulacrum. Yeah, simulacrum. You got simulacrum. You, you make a double of yourself, and then you, you're double casting spells now. Once he casts a spell, he loses it forever. But when he's done, you just you know dispel him and you make a new one. With that high level, who cares? There's two of you, and you throw him in front of the fireball, and yeah. uh. And then if you die, you just wake up in your clone. See? See your fighter do that. Clone home and Oxus would also work. Yeah. So. But anyway, that's a different topic entirely. The. Mm. How to make an unkillable character. So basically the sorcerer's Rick and Morty from Rick and Morty. Yeah, pretty much. There's actually a Rick and Morty D&D game now. Really? I haven't, I haven't read it. It's a full on D&D supplement. Uh, where there your classes are actually different types of Mortys. <laughs> yep. Nice. Yeah. So, if you love Rick and Morty, you'd probably love that. So, he the dog tell me, do you find it annoying to hear people's stories in other games? Oh, he the dog, you said you review that. You should review that. Oh, the the Rick and Morty supplement. Yeah, I could do that. Yes. I could do that. Yeah. All right, that'll be next. All right, cool. But okay, do do I find it annoying? Um, much of the time, yes. Much of the time, yes. I mean, there there are special occasions where I'm interested in the game, or 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 the I I trust the person who's telling the story, and then you know I'll listen to it and I'll allow myself to become invested. But I will agree that most of the time, yes, you're right. When someone else is telling me maybe about their about their Gragnock the Paladin, you know who who uh, seduced the the warrior priestess back to her, you know, her good self. And then they, they got married and, and did the whole princess bride, you know, kissing the sunset thing on white horses. I kind of, kind of zone out on that one. You're right. Yeah. The only exception is like, if it is a close friend, he's telling you about a game that, you know, maybe he played a long time ago or that you missed out on or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But in general, uh... I don't, I don't want to hear, especially some random guy to con. I don't want to hear your life story. Yeah. I, if, if I see you at Gen Con and I don't know you, I don't want to hear about your, your, your level 29 paladin. No, I don't want to hear no. about it. Don't care. Now, if you want to talk about a game you just played, that's different. At Gen Con, we're at Gen Con. I'm invested. All right. I'll listen to it. That's fine. I'll be happy about that. But if you're going to talk about a game you 20 years ago and I've known you for five minutes, dude, just keep moving. Yep, don't need to hear about it. Don't care. Keep moving. Especially if if uh, it's something on the lines of, oh, I see that you are playing a, pa- a a sorcerer. Well, here's how to make a better sorcerer. For I have played sorcerers oh, for 30 God. years. And my sorcerer... Stop. Oh, Lord. I don't want to know. No. no. Oh, God, do not. 
I swear to God, if you value your testicles, do not try and say something like that to Max Liao. <laughs> Max Liao is adamant that there is no wrong way to role play. So if you say, no, you're doing it wrong, this is how you do it, he will kick you in the jimmy. Ravenslayer wants to tell us about the game you played at Gen Con 84. Actually, I kind of want to hear about that because it was Gen Con 84. That was a very different place. Yes, it was. I was uh, eight. I was probably about the same age. I don't know. That's math. I don't feel like it. That's math. Yeah, I had, uh, when I was eight years old, I was, hadn't, ooh, I either just started playing or I was still a gopher for the, for the role-playing group I was at, uh, I was at daycare with. When I was eight, the only Dungeons and Dragons I had was on Saturday mornings. Thief Acrobat. Still an awesome cartoon. Okay, maybe not awesome, but Mm-mm. still enjoyable. My kids like that cartoon. That's what should be on Disney+. Plus. It's not, because I don't think they own it. No. Actually, they might. Wasn't that Fox? They could possibly own everything by now. I don't know. I should look that up. Should we look that up? Go ahead. I'm looking up. Does... Go for it. Disney... Own the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Google knows. <laughs> Answer it does now. <laughs> the cartoon is property of Disney, who acquired the cartoon off the majority of Marvel Productions cartoons. Hasbro has Damn no it. ownership of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Wow. All right. It could be on Disney Plus. It could be. It should right. be. Come on, that's and that means I will never see it. Because <laughs> I no longer give money to anything Disney, which oh, is a lot of things. My gosh. Oh my gosh. Let's look it up. Let's stop there right now. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not coming up right now. So thank you, everyone. That was um, our random thought of the week that we effervesced together for you. It was something that had been on my mind because recently someone had to tell me a story about one of their characters. And someone I like. So you suffered through it. I suffered through it, but I didn't want to hear about mm-hmm. their sorcerer and his adventures through a dungeon with a group of morons making really bad decisions with a dungeon master I found very questionable. Because that's also a problem when I hear the stories. I'm always asking myself, if I was running this game, was that what I would have done? No, these sound like very bad decisions. Why would you do that? Why Why would you let your player get away with... Wh- that's not how that spell works. So, yeah. So that's the problem. But my kid develops an orphan. My character helped an orphan develop a touching relationship with the son of the kid in Wizard School. Wasn't he graduated and felt so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Hope you had a good time with this. Be a legionnaire. Oh, I forgot. So remember, it's not target for children under the age of 13 because sometimes we say butt lice. What do you and think I of- drop an F-bomb. That's right. So what did you think of this segment? Do you think that you really like hearing other people's stories about their games? Or do you kind of find it cringy? Is it just you sometimes you think the people who want to tell you stories actually have questionable content in their story? 
Why do people always want to tell you stories that the romances their characters had? That's just weird. That's just really weird. What are your thoughts about that? Do you like to tell people about your past exploits? Do you want to hear about past exploits? Do you actually really enjoy watching other people play D&D, or would you rather be playing yourself? And if you have any suggestions for future RNG topics, please let us know! And remember to like, share, subscribe, join for full series anime, comics, games, members only chat and giveaways, monthly Q&As, legion with members, and accounts for our Patreon goals. And for more randomness, you can look on YouTube, because that's where these are, and also on Twitch for any anime, comic, game, and nerd topics, nerd news, commentary, and opinions. And if you have a topic suggestion, as I said before, we want to hear about it, because we will talk about just about anything. Just about. Uh, I'm going to convince Heathen Dog uh, before, in December... We're going to be doing our Legion of Myth official best of the year in the RNG segments. So we're going to talk about the best things this year. Like, what are what was our favorite video game this year, if that applies? What was the best RPG we reviewed this year, in our opinion? So, sure. if you want to see that, stay tuned! Best and worst, says Duncan. We have a positive atmosphere here. We might do worst. <laughs> there you go. We might. Ah, so stay tuned to the Legion with RNG for that. It'll be fun. And remember, be a Legionnaire. And that's the show. Remember, Max Leo is playing on YouTube now. Endless Legend Necrophage. And on YouTube this week, Stellar Tactics. YouTube soon, Book of Demons. It received 100% of the votes for what he should do next. Thus, he will look at a book which is full of demons imperiling his very mortal soul for your entertainment because, damn it, this is America and that's what we do. Noro has one stream of Cat Quest 2 remaining, a level 2 freaking 100 dungeon. She suggested for a new game to play. So far, people are wrecking horror games because they want to see her cry because they like he the dog and they want to be mean. <laughs> I'm going to suggest that she plays through Fairy Fencer F. Not really. That's not a bad game. Maybe she should do Trails in the Sky. That's a really good RPG. And she can play it in Japanese. Oh, she can play the Crossbell Saga. <gasps> oh, that would be good. That's my suggestion. The Crossbell Saga. Does it Kiseke knows something or other? I know not the Japanese. 2020's oh, my, my, my fault. It doesn't matter what game she has. You'll get the game that wins. That's right. Gen Con 2020, badge registration is in January. The activity sign-up is in May of 2020. The event, 30 July and 2nd of August 2020. Start planning now to join the Legion event at Gen Con 2020. Hang out with us. Tell us your boring character stories from previous games. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Because if you do, we'll counter. And we'll make up more boring stories. I had a character. He was a bread druid. He had lots of kinds of bread. Rye. I, I played him true neutral like he's supposed to be played. <laughs> it was very exciting. There was one time we had an adventure. We had to rescue a trapped goblin. I made him a nice rye sandwich. He starved to death. He had a gluten allergy. All right. Um. So, Final Fantasy X-2 is written in Japanese. Rahaka's push of Final Fantasy X-2. Join our Gen Con discussion on Discord. 
streaming schedule, Elgarian, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Shroud of the Avatar, the premier Shroud of the Avatar stream on the internet and, in fact, currently in the consciousness of the universe. Believe it. Monday, 8 p.m., Left 4 Dead 2 with Heathen Dog, the best Left 4 Dead 2 stream you will find Mondays at 8 p.m. I have that on good authority. Thursday, 8.30 p.m., Imperial Galaxy Survival, starting next week, Thunderdome, Legion of Myth versus the players. What will we do? We'll probably die as I weigh us down. I'll try not Locked to. On the I'll try not to. I'll do my best. I'll do close to my best. I'll do my adequate. Sunday, <laughs> 9 p.m., Gotham Plays, well, retro game, going to be Lunar Silver Star Story, PlayStation 1. I don't have the Saturn version because that's like 300 bucks. You want to give me that? I will gladly take it and play it, and I will stream it from my Saturn. Saturday, 8 p.m. Leads you with live stream. Garth on the Heathen Dog, breaking it down. Talking about things. Talking about exciting things. Talking about politics. Talking about sexy, cool medallions. Oh, yeah. Talking it up on the Legion with Talk Show. I thought you were say sexy cold. Twitch TV slash the two. Max Lay on Wednesday, Friday, 12 noon. Currently playing Book of Demons. Noro, Thursday, 11 a.m. Cat Quest 2. Be there. Twitch.tv slash Heathen Dog. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Seven days to die. Playing with Sheriffs. They are seven days to living, making the dead be dead. Boom, baby. Mostly. Do yeah. our Discord community. There are important announcements there. I'm told I need to go there more often. Yeah. Follow for now. I will go there. Follow for announcements on Twitter. At least you have. Tweet us. We'll tweet you. It'll be good. Watch today's recorded content on YouTube. YouTube.com slash YouTube. Watch and chat with us live. Especially during the live stream at 8 p.m. Central Saturday nights. Twitch.tv slash YouTube. And Twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth 2. Get our gear. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love in your Legion of Myth gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Here are our goals. We got the follower goal. Thank you. We're trying to get that subscriber goal. We got one of a month to do that. Come on, guys. We can do it, guys and gals. And creatures of all types. Patreon. Holding steady. YouTube subscribers rising. We're almost there. And remember, if we meet our goal, we will have an extra giveaway. If we in 2019 with 100 Twitch subscribers, we will empty our video game cash. Many, many video games keys will be given away. There are many who know what it's like to have a video game key given that day, I can tell you. <laughs> so tell everyone, follow, subscribe, leave with chat with other viewers, clip and share our shenanigans, suggest animes, comics, and games. We have over four years of the live stream. Uh, the first year, you probably like the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. You probably really should skip it. Yeah, move on. <laughs> amazing Shroud of the Avatar content. Shroud of the Avatar prizes and galore among that. It's amazing on our daily Twitch streams. Team Ups, Imperial, that's right, Left 4 2, interesting retro games, alternate channels, Unleashed with 2, and Heathen Dog. And don't forget YouTube videos, they are fun. Enjoy them. That's what they're there for. Un my fault got Atelic Goose Game for Switches. His winnings. That game is insanely fun. It's ridiculous fun. I like that game. I like my kids honking. My kids like playing a lot. They honk at people. They're jerks. Only when you eat. Thank you to all of our okay. patrons and Twitch subscribers and support. We greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's your continued support that helps keeps us going. 
Remember, my friends, you have one life. Live it well. Live it dirty. And have a great diurnal and not.